2: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Chelsea podcast. We're back, bitches. We're back. Well, I'm back anyway. Uh, Andy Saunders here. Kerry uh, is on the Costa del Crime, allegedly writing a book. Uh, Phil is in Chichester in rep, I believe, in some theatre type play. I know, darling. Um, so just me, but not just me. Uh, with me uh, in uh, Shoreditch, which is where at the moment, a couple of hipsters. In fact, three of London's biggest hipsters to my left, Mr. Rick. Glamville, Chelsea's official historian. Hello, Rick. All right. Uh, To uh, my dead center in front of me, uh, Bleacher Reports, Gary Hayes. Hello. And very special. Mr. Hughes. Very (laughs) special uh, guest. Crossing the Divide from the Other podcast, uh, Mr. Clayton Beerman, respected uh, Chelsea author. We're going to come on and talk about your book in a minute. Good evening. Uh, But before we get going, I need to uh, read something out from our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is uh, one day fantasy football. You select a number of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures. Uh, You're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win money if you're good enough in one day. So first up, you choose your contest. You can play for free or put your own money uh, on the line for bigger payouts. You pick your dream team. You've got £100 million to spend. No subs, no captains, just 11 shirts to fill and the perfect formation to find. Splash out on the dead certs and hunt out the hidden gems. It's the ultimate test of your football knowledge – FanDuel was designed by football fans like us, and it's powered by Optus Stats. It's about much more than goals, assists, and clean sheets. Every pass, intercepts, and every tackle, they've all got big implications. FanDuel's scoring reflects the players' true performance, whatever their position. And we've got an offer for you. If you sign up with the promo code, THECHELSE, then FanDuel will return your entry free as free credit if you don't win cash in your first contest, up to a tenner um so if you don't win cash you'll get that entry fee returned as credit so you can play again for free next week so go to fanduel.co.uk enter the promo code the chelsea in the promo code field and sign up to bag the offer um it's available in the uk only for those over 18 please play responsibly terms apply let's get on with the show and uh, let's talk i think uh, firstly about books because there are three authors in the room so it would be rude not to clayton you've come all the way from where where have you come from Ailing, Ailing. Right, Okay. So, and the reason you've come is to talk about your book, the title of which is... Palpable Discord. And that's a quote from, of course, Michael Emineminalo. It is. It's the
0: the quote that he used because he wouldn't use Jose's name at the press conference after Jose had departed the club. So, basically, the book is a series of blogs or a collection of blogs that I wrote during last year, which have all been updated. Uh, But it's also got additional material um, because... I felt that there was other things I wanted to write and there wasn't really a a forum for them on any website, so I thought I'd put a collection of stuff together and put it in a book. Uh, Is it
2: it really a story of a catastrophic season? Is that the kind of the narrative of it? Yes, it is. Um, It starts off
0: with uh, a bit of a a poke of fun at myself because I was asked to do a a preview of the season for the standard. So looking back on my predictions, yes, it would be lovely to retain the championship, I'd really like to win the FA Cup, who was the most important signing. Well, if you remember, we didn't really sign anybody that great. Uh, I said signing Jose was the best signing we could make. I still think it was. Um, And just generally poking fun at uh, at all the things that I predicted. But I, I then sort of did a chapter about how I started going to... Chelsea, which is a bit of a love letter to my late father, which was uh, an interesting thing to do, and I, I sort of quite enjoyed writing that. And then at the end, I wrote a love letter to Jose. Um, and, and how are you uh, feeling
2: about Jose at the moment? Fine. Yeah? yeah. Did he reply?
0: No, he didn't. He Unrequited. Didn't.
2: Unrequited, yeah, story <laughs> of my
0: life. Um Very Shakespearean. But, um, no, and then I did a sort of review of the players, and, and that wasn't particularly difficult. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... it's the one thing I'm pleased about, I think it's got a continuity, which chronicles how awful it was last year. It was it, It's me sort of looking at the articles. It's quite interesting to see my how I was so perplexed about what was going wrong. And then me realising that it was going to end only one way. And then when it did end badly, um, just being completely Amused by what had happened, as I, as I suspect we all still are, yeah. in some respects. I
2: really like the title, "Palpable Discord. I think that's a really, really good title. <laughs> Thank like you. Uh, where can people get this book, Clayton? Uh,
0: it is available on Amazon, a uh, Kindle version and a paperback version, or if anybody knows the CFC UK stall, which is outside Fulham Broadway uh, Shopping Centre, uh, there are copies
2: available there. Brilliant. Palpable Discord by Clayton Beam and go get your copy. Gary... I think we probably talked about your book when I wasn't here, but let's talk about it again. I feel sorry about it too much. Well, one, one little bit, just for people back, because obviously people weren't listening when I wasn't on it, but now I'm back, people are listening again. Oh, it so. only happens when you're here. So, <laughs> so let's very quickly mention John Terry, 50 Defining Fixtures. Which won't what, include Liverpool on Friday. What's it about? Um, well, Clues in the title, well, really. Well, the
3: thing is, it is and isn't, because um, I wanted to give it a different title, but the publisher, because it's in a series of the books they do, they want to stick to that. Because what did you want to call it? Well, I don't know really, but I just, I just think it's a bit misleading because I've tried to write. I thought it was a boring promise, a promise, a, a boring premise if it was just fifty games of his career. So I've tried to ride it, and hopefully I've succeeded um, as a more of a, an account of Chelsea over the last twenty years or so and where he sits in it. And then I've tried to f- you know weave the narrative around the moments that defined him, but just as much as that, you know, other stuff that was happening, you know, such as. Um, the first game when Abramovich took over against Zelina, you know, when the whole world was watching Chelsea to see what was going to be going on after this crazy summer we had and where he kind of sat in it. And so there's a big influence at the beginning of what was happening under Dennis Wise and, Mm. you know, Desai bringing him through. And obviously he goes on to make it. So I wanted to put his career in context a bit more about where he stands in this position of Chelsea's captains and this amazing period that Chelsea have had. My Um, son's in the book. He is, yeah. Yeah, I think that's like chapter eighteen, which uh, was a gem that I came across very fortunately just by following you on Twitter. But it was just I'll, so that that game specifically is more about John Terry. because it's the Bayern
2: Munich, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the four-two game. game, and yeah. um,
3: but a lot of it is just as much about you know the, when he scored the, the last-minute header against West Ham in the cup. Mm. It was you know the chapters just as much about Frank Lampard and. Why West Ham fans don't like him, and yeah, you know, so I've, it is pre- pre- predominantly John Terry. But I've tried to give it a bit more of a wider context, so it's a bit more informative and just me. Uh, now be truthful.
2: Be truthful. Were you half hoping JT would leave for the book?
3: Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Well, I'd written my last chapter after the Sunderland game. I was like, all right, that's it. He's going, you know. But then, um, then I had to go back and rewrite it. But it was, it was nice, and it was because in, in that last chapter is you know obviously it's not giving any plot spoilers but it is that Sunderland game because of what was meant to be happening that we were expecting him to leave and you know he was meant to be going out on a low note you know after getting a red card and being suspended but then I was in the press room when um Gus came out and you know declared he was oh we can offer this contract so you knew he was staying after that right. so I tried to give a bit of a an idea of what it was like being in the press room waiting for Gus to come because he was always on time yeah you know, one fifteen press conference, bang. One fifteen, Gus was there all the time, and, Brilliant. and then we were sat around waiting. I think it's about half an hour later. We're like, "Where is it?" And you can hear all these journalists like, "Something's going on. Something's going on." You know, people on phones disappearing because you can't get a signal in the room. And then, yeah, Gus came out and you know, he's like, started laughing, didn't really say much. And then Chelsea press officer you know, made it clear. So I tried to give a bit of an insight into that, but Great. yeah. The, so the book is about John Terry, but it's just as much about Chelsea and, and what he's done. So John Terry, fifty
2: defining fixtures by. Gary Well, it, it, it depends,
3: you know. Jerry Hayes, <laughs> Gary Hughes, uh, Gary Harry, whatever name people want to give me. Just... So Amazon
2: called you Jerry Hayes? so people it, might... on, on the Kindle store, yeah. And then um, Gary someone... Harris, and you've really got to worry, I think. Yeah, I know. So, um, so where can people get this book from, Gary? Because I've actually, I haven't read Clones, but I'm going to read your book. Um, I shall grab a copy and read it. It sounds brilliant. I have read your book. Your book's great, so I highly recommend thank it. Thank you very much. Um, so where can they get it? Uh,
3: Amazon, Kindle, um, Waterstones... Right. Uh, You can get it direct from the publisher. Um, If you're overseas, I'd recommend getting it on iBooks or Kindle just because you don't have to pay the ridiculous.
4: Who's the publisher, Gary?
3: Oh, Amberley. Mm. Amberley. They're only a small publisher. Um, And they do a series of these books and they just approach me and in february because when when we thought he was leaving
2: so guys can i ask you rather cheeky can we have a copy of the book from each of you so that we can give it away to the, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, the to the listeners is that Absolutely, possible yeah okay so we'll get them signed and we'll do a little competition at some point and we'll think of a question and we'll get it out there and you can win a copy of clayton and gary's book rick uh rick told me you are the author of the number one selling chelsea book of all time is that correct <laughs> that was
4: said off you know off the That's record Andy, yeah exactly it's hot and I'm blushing, <laughs> but no, it's true, the biography, Chelsea, the official biography is the, the best-selling Chelsea book. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's, I don't think, and that's, hot news. Blowing, that,
2: that's not necessarily puffing your cheeks out, it's a fact. You Currently
4: know? discussing the possibility of doing a follow-up right. to include Munich and uh, the second coming of Jose and other bits and pieces, but not finalised yet, to be discussed.
2: And you're not working on any other Chelsea books at the moment? <laughs>
4: Uh, No, we obviously, Paul Dutton and myself, the official statistician, we did the um, complete record. Which is brilliant. Which last, thank you very much, last year. We were asked, it's funny how these requests have dried up. But we were asked up until about November whether we were going to follow up the statistics for the for last season. I don't think anyone's interested in the statistics mm. from last season. Would be. I love oh, t- that. They oh, the tumbling of all these worst ever. Can I just say I didn't realise how many books you done, years.
3: Rick? Because um, oh, he's a right old hack. No, when I would recently just finished my bookcase pictures on Twitter. Oh, we're by very the way. good by the way. Yeah, and um, I was sorting through my books and um, because I hadn't really had them organised for a while, I found a couple of yours and I've got them here. So I've got. <laughs> Obviously, the Chelsea history one, the Chelsea history and pictures. Yeah. And then you've got the book with Paul and then Rhapsody in <laughs> Blue.
4: Yes. Yeah. That's uh, actually amongst my favourite books that I've written. That Yeah, one.
3: it's got Hullet on the cover in that.
4: Yeah,
2: Well, you kit. mentioned the book with Paul, which is Black and Blue, the um, Paul Cannonville story. And that's a nice yep. segue into a nice little bit of promotion because we yep. are going to have a live podcast on Monday, the 7th of November. Rick, you're going to come along to that. I am. And I'm King Paul. Cannon's, Paul, Paul Cannonville yeah, is going to be Yeah, he's
4: demanding our... champagne and canapé.
2: Yeah, canapés, yeah. <laughs> so, he won't be able to spill canapé. So he'll I'll get peanuts and bitter. Um, but uh, Paul Cannonville is going to come along and be our special guest. Uh, we are holding uh, it in central London on, as I say, Monday the 7th of November, downstairs at the Albany, which is the pub that's dead opposite Great Portland Street tube station. Really easy to get to. Uh, special guest is, uh, is Paul. We're going to um, record the usual podcast, and we're going to have an extended chat with Canners about his memories of the bridge, his life, what he's up to these days. Uh, there'll be the usual quiz, which Rick doesn't know he's writing, but he will be writing. <laughs> and uh, we'll think of some other surprises too. It's quite an intimate space. Uh, so tickets which are only a tenner and they're a tenner because all the proceeds are going to cover our costs we're not making any money out of it it's literally just to pay for the the room and and buy Cannes' champagne Um, they're very limited uh, but if you'd like to come down we'd love to see you we really would love to see you so come down um, and you can get more info about the tickets and how to buy them by going to wegottickets.com and searching The Chelsea Podcast Live or follow at Chelsea Podcast on Twitter for updates but it's going to be fun, it's always fun
4: brilliant, always a good night Great turnout, normally, and, you know, Cannes is always good
2: value. You came, didn't so you, too? Nice.
4: I came to one where Alan Hudson
2: oh, guested, yeah.
4: and we
0: all gasped. We all gasped, it? yeah. 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 <laughs> wasn't that that Yeah, yeah. No, you, well, That's so funny, was that. birthday, it wasn't was a, it? Was really? a good, yes, uh, yes, thank hey, you. Listen, It was it a good like.
2: quiz, though, right?
0: Yeah, it was a brilliant quiz. Brilliant <laughs> so, quiz. Well, I don't well, remember the quiz.
3: Sorry, will Cannes be going over a lot of his career then? Because I just remember I was working at Chelsea at the time, and when that book came out, and I remember speaking to them, Rick, there's just one bit in it that... Reading many football books, it's the mm. one time that re- I've really got choked up reading a football book, and it was mm. when his son had died. And he just, and the way you put it was mm. really good. And it, you know, it's like still hit every now and then I think about it. And I remember speaking to my dad about it, it was like, he says, Oh, my son died, and I held him and he drew his last breath. Mm. And then I went and got high. And yeah. I was like, Oh, that, well, that one, just so speaking like about it now, it's in shivers down my spine. Yeah, you know, well, just, that was just an amazing You know, just,
4: the, the absolute lows and the a- absolute highs and the, uh, the requirement to have an artificial fix to forget what was going on in the in his real life.
2: Yeah, if anybody's never read that, Black and Blue, the Paul mm. Cannonville story really by book. Paul Canneville and Rick Glanville sitting next to me, really, you, really brilliant book. And it Thank was nominated you. for a major award, wasn't it? it yeah, was... we won an award, yeah. It really?
4: was Book of the Year 2009, yeah. I think it
2: was. Brilliant. So we're going to be talking all about that. And, of course, it was adapted into a Sky TV documentary it as was. well, wasn't it? Which is yeah. well worth sorting out, uh, yeah. searching and out. Can, and
4: uh, the great thing is, of course, I said, when we were writing that book, well rather when I approached Canne's about writing it, I said to him, you know what? I don't know how it's going to go, but if I get this right, uh, you will be in a completely different world uh, in a a year or two's time. And, um, you know, he was working as a a van driver and he was still in, he'd only just come out of uh, rehab and he'd had his second bout of cancer and he was in a a really low ebb. And I don't think he really, he put his faith in, in me really. And I don't think he necessarily believed me, but he just, You know, maybe it was desperation or whatever. But, you know what? All of the things spiralled out of that. He started to get work at Chelsea Football Club, working with school kids, talking about his experience. And he became a motivational speaker, didn't he? Absolutely. And he set up a foundation and all sorts of other things. And you know what? Look, I'm not taking the credit for this. All I did was I gave him a platform and he rose. He elevated himself from it. So what was great was over the course of writing the book, it went from being a kind of hard luck story, you know, the misery tales were very um, popular at the time, to being something about redemption as well mm-hmm. and uh, delivering himself from a what was a terrible situation that he'd been in for all sorts of reasons, a lot of them self-inflicted. And to see Paul now... And how confident and funny he is, and you know, he's um, has a fulfilled life and he's he's doing well professionally. You know, he's it's a great it will be a great night because Paul is a great bloke.
2: Yeah, I'm really I've never met him. I'm really looking forward to talking to him and finding a little bit more and scratching a little bit below the surface, which you did extremely well in your book. So oh, yeah, you. looking forward to that. So we got tickets.com, search the Chelsea podcast live. Tickets return tenner. come down Monday the seventh of November. Right, let's talk about Football because obviously we played a football match on Sunday. Who went? Do you all went presumably? Uh, no,
3: I couldn't. You couldn't? No, I know, and I was scarred by the last time I went there. When oh, I got yeah. the M4 travel oh, and goodness, yeah, got it there is... at half time, and yeah, so I, was, oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't go this time. But um, I was, I think, we're you I was, building a bookcase. Is that what it was? Oh, God, if only. If only.
2: <laughs> if only. <laughs> Did you go, Clayton? No, I didn't. Okay, so you went. Yeah. Right, OK, I didn't go either. Well, well it's um, the only proper Chelsea in here then. Well, I tried to go. I mean, if you've been following my Twitter, you've seen my travails in trying to get away tickets this season. It's I the cannot, 30 quid thing, isn't I it? I cannot get away tickets. I want, I'm desperate to go to the Leicester game. If anybody's got a couple for Leicester, let me know. You know, I couldn't get them for Hull. I mean, Christ, you should be able to get them for Hull. You know, it's like I couldn't I do I think get this,
4: them. I do think the. You know, it's great that the away ticket prices have been reduced, but I do think it's given people an opportunity to think either you know positively great i can afford to go to more away games and so all that military operation you have to go into pe- more people are willing to do that secondly i think some people will think 30 quid and i might need the loyalty points later so i'll, I'll go and i'll just buy them yeah. because i can so, it'll even itself out, I don't think in November, December, you'll have the same difficulties. Well, couldn't, hopefully get Arsenal, anyway. couldn't
2: get for Arsenal, couldn't get him for Swansea, couldn't get him from Hull, couldn't get him for Leicester. And Leicester's I am, a surprise. I'm, I'm sitting in the virtual waiting room for hours. I saw that tweet. Yeah. but problem you know, is, Andy, anyway. you haven't been loyal enough in the past. Well, You're loyal. Loyal your loyalty points aren't high enough. <laughs> of course, we've got
0: fewer games this year. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. That, that, There is it. that. People, People haven't got the expense <laughs> of going yeah. away in Europe.
4: Costa so. del Sol is uh... cup games, especially. We'll find <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> true. So With anyway, no Champions no. League, no handle theme, none of the pageantry. You know, we're going to find that the League Cup will be oversubscribed. I
2: reckon, yeah. and the Checker Trade Trophy. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll come on and talk
4: about, we'll come on talk about that.
2: But um yes. So, so we played Swansea um at the Liberty Stadium on Sunday. Um, and following the draw, we're now second in the table after four league games: one, three, drawn, one. Goal difference of five. Two points behind Man City. Level on points with Everton. Point uh, above Man United. It's okay, isn't it? Disappointing result, though, when you look at how we performed and yeah. um, and how we basically gave them two goals. Although, of course, the referee gave them one goal. But um, but generally, we I felt that you know the over my overriding thought of that game Was we just didn't take our chances. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know how you feel I about th- it. I think the one player that did was
3: Costa and um, I think he started off the season really well. Well,
2: he scored two of two of his five shots. Mr. City, though, didn't he? That he, one... he
3: did, but I think that one there was more a case of he didn't anticipate it getting through that many players when he hit his heel. But
2: yeah, well, he, he scored two of his five shots. He's now got four goals in four games this season. He's now the, either scored or assisted in each of his last six Premier League games. And his seven goals against Swansea is the most he scored against any one team. So, yeah. I mean, mm. decent That's decent, decent numbers. Well. Sorry, Pat, you were going to no. say something there.
0: No, no, no. I was, I was saying that if he would have, I mean, he was brilliant on Sunday. Absolutely fantastic. But if he would have scored that goal before half time, we would have won the game. I mean, it, it um, could- yeah. Eden
4: Azard's opportunity, where he, you know, one Pulled of a few the, occasions the where he was on the rocket fuel and beat yeah. three players, and then what was he doing? scuffed the sc- the shots? Yeah. You know, did he scuff was... the
2: shot or did he pull out of it? Oh, no,
4: no, no, that's the second half. I'm yeah. talking about in the first oh, half. Oh, the first half. he was one on one, and he kind yeah. of he got it on his left. He, uh, the, do you know what? He took I, one touch I too many, thing, I, I think, didn't he? The, this is where when you go to the games, as we all do, you see things that TV people don't, the TV don't show. Swansea watered the pitch that they were, thought they were going to be playing in, watered their end of the pitch. They, they didn't, the second half as well, they didn't water the end that they thought Chelsea would be attacking on. So when Azard was running through and the ball was sticking, I don't know if you noticed, as he was running through on that chance, it wasn't rolling as it should have done. It wasn't mm. slick. Interesting. And it ended up on his left foot and he scuffed they the shirt. to do that? Yeah? Yeah, of course cool that. Oh, yeah, okay. You're not allowed to use you, you, a towel on a ball when it's you, raining. You can but... leave
3: the grass long in the corners if yeah. you I'll need ask to. Ask Tommy Doherty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... But can I just say about the um, <clears throat> the point with Costa was uh, it was someone I came loaded with. I just think that that game, without making sensational um, declarations or anything like that, that, I just think that proved that he's the best striker in the Premier League, that game. I yeah. thought he was um, absolutely brilliant. It was something that, that I wrote on the back of it, and um, yeah. I've had a lot of uh, abuse, but I think if people look at the sentiment of you know what I'm trying to, The point I'm trying to make is that as an out-and-out striker, for everything he does as a complete striker, there's not a better player than him in the I Premier I thought he League. was
2: phenomenal. And I think that you, know, you have to look at, uh, at the fact that he was fouled seven times, three more than the next most-fouled player. That was William Leroy, Fer, Federico Fernandes and Jordi Ama all shown yellow cards for tackles yep. to him. The 15 fouls that he's suffered so far this season is the highest number in the Premier League. Well, yeah.
4: you, if you look at the other strikes... Sorry, Gary, but yeah, cool. I just, this is a really good point. Because... 606 led with his supposed uh, dive. A dive, which wasn't a dive because contact no, was made. It was a knee, wasn't it? Uh, he's being demonised for this, but if you look at the punishment that he t- they take it in turns. As you were just saying, they, each of them was booked for a foul on him. He's uh, he's been fouled 15 times. Those are the ones that are given. If you look at the next, I've got the stats here. The next c- com- comparable strikers, Harry Kane's had six fouls in four matches. Uh, Firmino at Liverpool five.
1: But Ibrahimovic 2,
4: many. and Sergio Aguero, who's only played three matches, one foul. Uh, he's getting nearly four every game. And mm. people say, oh, you know, he, he brings it on himself and there's all this simulation and stuff. He's being kicked all over the place. He has. Why are the media not talking about that yeah um, well because that it's, that much papers, it's much more fun it's much more fun
2: as yeah. you say it sells papers yeah. it's much more fun to paint costa as the but, it, but I what
3: i thought was really disappointing and i say this from a professional perspective not as a chelsea fan and you know when, when i write my stuff after games and writing it as a professional not as a chelsea fan you know as much as this claim that i'm not but um i was listening to uh, it was on monday morning i was listening to the 606 playback I just could not believe it's it.
4: Unbelievable. There was
3: not that? one mention of um, Amat, how he was lucky to be on the pitch, that <clears throat> he was constantly fouling in Costa's face. And um, I think it was Mariner, wasn't it? The ref had to have a word with him when he was on the booking. Jordy Amat, right? And that was his, Five that fouls? Yeah. Five fouls in 90 minutes. Yeah, and it wasn't even mentioned. And John Hartson was there just going on. John Hartson even went so far as to say that Gary Cahill was at fault for that goal. And I don't know what he was at fault for, where he was at fault for the fact that he put his body between the ball or he got up and tried to... Actually, play on with the game, knowing that you know, playing to the whistle. I, I might but, take
4: a little issue there. If you could see the foul for the moon, it didn't take a telescope to see you miscontrolled it. <laughs>
3: but, but sure, the, he might have you know. miscontrolled it. But yeah, the, the, it the foul, fact though. is, he's just gone right through him. First, gone through him twice. Shall, I, say, shall
2: I tell you what Gary Cahill, Cahill said? And we all saw it on match today I thought it was brilliant. Actually, see Fantastic. Gary Cahill come out with real passion and and cleverly worded and 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 with but but measured at the same time. Yeah. I think he said, "You could be on the moon and see it." I said to the referee, "There's three of you that can see that." There were two fouls on me and between the officials they said that they couldn't see it for me that's incredible yeah. I took the touch away from him fur he came back through the back of me it's all fun and games for the fans but it's the players who suffer that kills me and it kills my team we've dropped two points which is massive in I this thought league. it was really interesting he was furious <laughs>
3: that, when he says it, 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 it kills me Maybe I'm yeah. looking into it a bit too much, but I just think that when he says it kills me, he's going, yeah. look, we've just signed David Luiz. Absolutely
4: right, yeah. Gary. And that's
3: happened to me, right. and I'm probably going to get dropped now.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. It's because it's exactly he got fouled. Exactly,
3: yeah. you know, and, and you can see it. And the thing is, I've interviewed Gary a lot of times, and he's one of the players I'll get along with the best, just because he's it's so nice affable boy. and he's a nice guy. Yeah.
2: He got caned on Twitter. He yeah, got absolutely caned the The thing is,
3: he gets it all, every week, and I don't like it. I think he's, not just because he's a nice guy, because I think he's a genuinely good player anyway. And yeah. And when you see him coming out over that, he's probably said to the Chelsea staff that I want to go on Match of the Day and I want to do this interview because... Yeah. He's put himself up for that. Yep. Yeah. Clearances. Yeah, he to make that
2: point. Defensive, aerial duels, and interception. Gary Cahill, Head and shoulders above everybody else in that game, stats wise. Yeah. You know, Ngolo Kante won more uh, tackles uh, than he won the pitch. But in terms of defences, uh, clearances, defensive, aerial duels, and interceptions, Gary Cahill. Now, how can you cane a player like that? I think Gary cahill has been well, great.
3: and he, he made that point himself, didn't he? He said, I, ha- I actually had a good game today, and, yeah. and this is what I'm going to be. It you was know, being discussed you know, with me. And I, I just think that. I am not I don't want to be able to talk about the referees we we we've gone down that path but it's just disappointing that in the media at least the, these things are allowed to go and just bringing it back to Costa um is something I wrote after the Watford game you know that isn't it time we start actually celebrating his brilliance because even then in that game in the press box there I could the conversations I could hear and I I just thought I'm going to take a different angle on this not again not because I'm a Chelsea fan because I'm a journalist and I just thought well everyone's going to cane him After that game, and uh, all all we hear is that's four games he's played this season. He scored the winner in three of them, and he shouldn't have been on or against he Scored the equaliser, shouldn't have been on the pitch for any of them. Mm. I just find it just it's
4: ridiculous. Howard Webb, who until recently was was technical advisor to the Professional Game Board, said uh, after I'm trying to think, was it before Burnley? I think he said no one wants, no referee wants to be the third one not to send Costa off. Now, what he's saying there is you judge the player, you don't judge the incident. Yep. And you wonder then whether, you know, and with the revelations that Halsey is, uh, has come out with recently that he was advised to cook up a story when, mm. about whether he saw an incident or not and that he was certainly aware that s- some teams were favoured over, over, over others. There's a lot of this where we, we have to sort of doubt I know no-one likes to keep slamming referees. It's a tired old, uh, uh, old, and, e- and they're an easy target. But are they as professional as they should be? Are they as competent as they should be? Well, for
2: me, they're not. Andre Mariner was quite a long way from the ball. I mean, I have to say, watching it on TV, it looked like Gary Cahill had given the ball away. That, first that look. was my first reaction. Yeah, first reaction was, like... what are you doing? You know what I mean? And then you look at it again. It wasn't until the ter- second or third view that you see the a behind angle, yeah. and you see for a clip him twice... I don't know. You know even, I think you're still right. The has exper-
4: got a perfectly clear
2: view of <laughs> what's going with, on. But he didn't know. That's the thing. He, had the, uh, he, he was being blocked. But for uh, an experienced referee,
3: they're, they're judged as much to apply the rules as they are to read the game. When you see a defender's put his body across the ball, yeah. yet the attackers come out with it, I think you put two and two together and you see it and you think, okay, okay.
2: yeah. Listen, I think they... You know, look, I'm going to use a cliche here. I think they do an incredibly different, difficult job under difficult circumstances. Now custody, of course whether they do. Whether they're as professional as they should be, maybe not. But, uh, you know, listen, I, it is what it is. I do believe that it kind of evens out. You know, we, we're going to get some... One thing I will say, though, talking about Costa... Claudio Bravo in the Man City game the day before the tackle on Rooney. Everybody was talking about Bravo's incompetence, but if that had been Costa, it would have been his viciousness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right and now. it was a you know it was exactly the same challenge. What i say saying, I thought it was a good challenge, but Well, he didn't get the ball.
3: <laughs> well, he did, and he no, took he Rooney, Rooney. <laughs> as well. But I, I just think that that's how I want to see football played. And Rooney shouldn't have been rolling the rocks. Yeah, he you're a pub player, now, as... aren't you? Going, yeah. problem. <laughs> but I, 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 I just think though, that you know, the, Bravo, the ball's there to be won. Well, Bravo's gone for it, but. Um, you know, I think that you're right in what you say though is that had that been Costa it would have been uproar and it would have been you know, all over the back pages even more And
2: just finishing off on the Costa Costa's opening goal was also the 100th scored in the 2016-17 Premier League season only 5 players have reached 35 goals in the Premier League in fewer appearances than Costa do we know who they are very quickly
0: I saw the tweet one of them was Torres yep um, Andrew Cole 52
2: games Andrew Cole yeah 41 games um, Rooney yeah I did uh, see that. Uh, no it wasn't Rooney No, no Rooney
0: Somebody um, unusual,
4: I hadn't thought of. Was it
2: Aguero, one of them? No. I'll tell you it was, because we, 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 we've we got Anna Shearer, uh, Kevin Phillips and Rue Van Nistelrooy.
4: Ah, Van Nistelrooy, yeah. that's right, yeah.
2: So, uh, so that's Costa. Um, let's talk about you know our inability to take chances. We had 28 efforts on goals, To Swansea's six, seven of ours on target. Swansea scored with both of their shots on target. Um, oh, clearly one of them people, was a penalty a and, and yeah. one was a one-on-one. Sorry?
4: Didn't you think they fell to the wrong person, a lot of them? Well, have to talk, talk to Angola, Cante. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, our, our corners, I, I like the fact that you know, you, there's so many ways that you can see Antonio Conte's uh, impact that he's having in terms of organisation. One of them is corners. Our corners are do look more arranged. But it was a bit weird to see. I think it was William lobbing the ball out to Kante on the edge of the box. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know. For the extravagant volley. He takes after McAleary in lots of ways,
2: including shooting, I think. Yeah, it's funny, isn't
3: it? I just think, though, if they're, if they're playing that way and they're... They're looking for a player to be on the edge of the box. Why is it Kanto who's there? It's going to be know. Oscar. The, the, idea, the idea is there. Yeah. Why aren't they? I don't know whether it's because they think that. Maybe Kante's not going to get picked up, so they're going to get a chance. I don't know. I'm mean, I I love, love to possibly if, leave it. Yeah, if, if Oscar's there, they, they're gonna, they're going to be a player there. Maybe. Possibly.
2: Or... I loved both our goals. I thought they were brilliant goals. I particularly yeah. love Oscar's takedown and, and vision oh, yeah. to, to set. Uh, you I know, saw. Um... You know, the, the fact is, I mean, Oscar. This podcast has been a you know has been a, a hotbed of debating about Oscar. You know, Shall I do the Phil here. Daniels Phil's, Phil's not <laughs> Phil's not here to defend himself, but you know he's no fan of Oscar. I've always stuck up for him, you know. But I thought that that showed the class of the. To be able to pull that ball down in that tight space and just lay it off so beautifully to Costa it was absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm
0: a big Oscar fan. Yeah. I always have been, but I don't now think that he he's does playing his...
2: bo- now that he's playing box to box yeah. and yeah. he's not in that number ten role, yeah. now that he's being free to go and do what he does really well, I think we're going to see the real Oscar. Huge now. amount of defensive genuine... work yeah. in the
0: first half really played well. I like him. I like mm. him. I don't think he's, he does himself any favors because he does go missing a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought you know the one thing about um, Sunday was I thought Fabianski had a decent game. I it mean, did. we did have yep. a couple of really Well, Oscar had a shots. brilliant Oscar's shot. Oscar's yeah. shot
4: in the second half, that yeah. was a great save.
0: He missed a great head,
4: uh, heading opportunity, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yes... Uh, Look,
2: 11 different Chelsea players had at least one effort on goal, including each member of the back four and our subs, Cesc Fabregas and Victor Moses, you know. We spread Fabregas those chances
4: around.
0: For our second goal, yeah. Fabregas' ball, that little ball he put Which into the area. Great, uh, well, I the think the good.
4: thing is, the substitution, another great thing about, at the moment with Conte, is that substitutions are working. Quite often we're in recovery mode, so something's gone wrong before. Then we're not taking our chances, or we've lost our way a bit. But the substitutions make a difference. You know, Fabregas—he was like the cork in the bottle. Didn't let them get. He created three chances when
2: he came on, Fabregas. More than
4: they had in the Swansea had in the entire game. Apparently, yeah. He created more chances than Swansea in fifteen minutes. Uh, We created twenty-two. We created
2: twenty-two chances. Swansea only created two chances in the entire game. Yeah, you know, and Victor
4: Moses as well. I do wonder whether how close the manager is to starting Victor Moses over Willian. He's a brilliant
2: impact sub. You know, he if is. you think Batshuayi, uh, Moses and Fabregas, they're all brilliant impact subs. Are they going to be happy with playing that role? But look who I we're playing on Friday. on Friday. I think with
3: Moses as well, what's, what, what I like about him is that um, he'll come on for 15, 20 minutes and he allows us to keep up that intensity. Because, that, you know, to ask Willian and yeah. Hazard and Oscar and Matis to be doing that for ninety yeah. minutes, it's not going to happen. But bringing him on allows... Us to keep pushing teams back yep. happened against West Ham when he came yeah, on it then, and, and obviously we scored the goal on the back of it as well. Yep. But it keeps the
2: defenders you know, back in those positions because he hugs
4: the line and he just keeps yep. pushing and pushing and pushing. And he looks a better player than the first time we had him.
2: Yeah, oh, I think he is. So I think he looks hungrier and he looks he looks more mature. Yeah, obviously he was
4: on loan. He's, he's still yeah, our yeah. player, but um, you know that's if you're thinking ahead momentarily for uh, to Friday. James Milner at left back. <laughs> Who are you going to put up against James Milner at left back? I
3: think you should switch Hazard on the wings and put in there. Cause it was I'd, absolutely... I'd
2: have, I'd personally, I'd have Moses over, over him at the moment. Maybe and he won't. Uh, on the right. What do we think of Courtois? What do we think of that guy? He doesn't here? like
3: um, coming out against Swansea, does he? He has two penalties now. I mean,
2: well, one, he's, one, one, he one he was sent off for and he wasn't yeah. because of the new rule. Yeah. He's had more red cards, too, and given away more penalties, three, than any other goalkeeper in the Premier League since August 2015.
4: But, Andy, I don't know if any of you have had the opportunity to look at, the, if you like, the genesis of that goal. Um, It was our free kick that Amat should have been sent off for. It was the talking to. The ball, it was a poor delivery... Okay. And we were just... We had far too many bodies upfield. John Terry
2: was 20 yards away from court. And people turn around and go, well, he should have held it up before the central defenders to get back. John Terry was blowing out of his arse. He was, yeah. but
4: do you know, if you look at that, actually, Eden Hazard was further back than John Terry. Yes. Sigurdsson is behind Hazard... Hazard doesn't spot the day. It was like the hare and the tortoise. We know Hazard can't hare, defend, the, We know he can't. The hare is look, looking there going, ah, oh, no danger. The tortoise is trying to run back and
2: save the day. Yeah. You
4: know, this this was, it was a, really a cataclysmic set
0: I know it was.
2: And what was Courtois cool supposed to do I, in that situation? I
0: think that he's been unfairly pilloried. I agree. Um, I think when you look at the cross, I mean, it might be... Deceptive on TV, but I thought the cross sort of curved away from him. Had a bit of swash on it. And yeah. so he kept coming and kept coming and just couldn't get there. Yeah. And I think he's an easy target. I think people just don't like him. Um, and I think he's getting a hard time. I don't really think, I mean, as Rick said, there's loads of other fingers to be pointed before you point one at him for that goal. He kind it, only came out wondering?
4: because there wasn't anyone anywhere near. It was like no-one else was taking... Uh, John Terry was trying to take responsibility but didn't have the legs. sigerson isn't fast. And so that is something. They, there is something there that we do have we to address. We were pushed up 40, so the, one, the, one, the we one, were, but see? you need fast players. Willian and uh, Aspilicueta were on the right looking after Modu Barrow. They didn't do enough to block the... Uh, the ball that he put across, but you've got to have... Someone should have scented the danger, sprinted back...
2: Yeah, covered. well, we always used to have Ashley then, Cole, didn't we, was, our, was yes. our kind of fail-safe...
4: or Aspie would sometimes be yeah. there, but he was over on the right. But you
2: talked about John Terry having no legs. He really has no legs now because he, he left the stadium on on crutches. Mm. Um, nasty I nasty as well, I did. Yeah, and he sort of limped around for the out last for couple of minutes, didn't he? So, yeah. out for 10 days. David Luiz in on Friday, we assume? Yeah, I yeah. think...
3: Um, I saw uh, someone tweet today. I think it was uh, Paul Lagan, said, "Why is everyone concerned? Don't you forget who the the centre backs were in the Champions League final?" And they were both carrying their hamstrings in briefcases yeah. that day, weren't <laughs> they?
4: Yeah. But um, I... his second debut against the team he made his first debut. Yeah,
3: no, I didn't realise he's... that.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 Well, um, I, I just think that you know we're bringing Louise back for thirty-two million or wherever it is. I, I, don't, I, I don't see there being any. How do concern. we feel about
2: Louise? We haven't spoken about it on the podcast. So what do, what do a, we think?
3: I think it's a good thing. I think that for the market Chelsea were were in. They don't want to be paying you know, north of 50 million for a player. And I think for the market they're in, he's at the top
2: end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, Which, I, I think that he, you know, I said on Twitter, I think that he, we mustn't underestimate what he brings to the dressing room, yeah. what yeah. he brings to the energy of the squad. You know, he's a charismatic player. The fans generally like him. He'll give us a lift. But, and we know he's going to do a couple of headless things. Probably in every game he plays. But, he, you know, the only concern, and my son pointed this out to me, he said he hasn't had to do an awful lot of defending at PSG. So, no. you know, you wonder whether his defensive chops are up to scratch for the premiership. But look, we'll see on Friday, won't we? Well, yeah.
4: I hear that it's definitely Conte was keen to sign him. This It's a mythology that it's you know, you hear some stirrers saying it, it was a club signing and he wasn't in favour. I hear that he definitely was. And I, You're talking about your son. My son Alfie, when I got back up from Swansea, I said... He said, you know what, if David Luiz had been playing, we would he would have scored a winner. And I said, yeah, he would have He would also have done, he would have <laughs> conceded the goal that <laughs> like we did with Gary Cahill. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah but, you know, we would have got the winner. <laughs> and I think that's, we know what we're getting. We yeah. Yeah. There's no adjustment period for Alonso or David Luiz to the Premier League. So they're sort of, they, you know, they're... I think what's important as well
3: is that, um, again, maybe I look into these things too much, but I think from a... The perspective of what the club's all about, with Jose going and all the upheaval last season, there was, it diluted what we thought Chelsea were. And bringing him back in, the whole Giza culture and, you know... Hero right Munich. Yeah, Hero exactly. You know, Munich, it, yeah. It's, it's someone that... Obviously, you want the best players, but you've got a player that can really relate to the fans and yeah. the fans really relate to him. And I think that's important because... You know, you've got Conte going mental on the sideline. Then now you've got this defender who's going to be going mental in the mi- in the yeah. middle. Be, yeah. I'm not saying that that's the, the you know the perfect foundation for which you build a team, but it gives you something to to but hold. Italian on to manager, who especially underst- after
2: last season, yeah, exactly. Italian manager who understands defenders and understands defending. Who's worked with the likes of Bonucci and you know great defenders in the past. You know, maybe he's the guy to harness the talent that Luis obviously has. Who's going to play on
4: the left of those? Who's going to play on the left of this, of the centre backs?
3: Well, I think you'd play Luiz there, wouldn't you? Just because Cahill regularly plays on the right, so you don't want to move him out of position for the sake of it. Yeah,
4: that's right. Unless Mm. you bring Ivanovic in, you know, it's not... Because he could... uh, Conte could decide to start with Alonso and move Aspilicueta to the right. Mm. So it could be that it's not one
2: change. It I can't imagine Conte three. is going to bring two defenders into the back four. No, team,
4: I can't but I can't it's imagine. a possibility. It's a possibility. What, what, and when you look at the lack of pace that we, was evident against a team like Swansea, you are talking about with Liverpool, you've got Sadio Mane, you've got Firmino. Firmino Coutinho. storage. yeah, Coutinho's quick. not that fast but he's He's quick with the ball isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe he'll look at that and think actually now is the time that we need to introduce more pace. Also, they're tall boys, Alonso and... and uh, Six foot two, aren't they? Yes, yeah. yes, both of them. Can I, can I just make a point yeah, about Luis? I, yeah.
0: I mean, one of the things I was gutted about when he left was I thought he was the next captain. And we, you look at our team at the moment and you struggle to see a captain, people talking our next about next yeah. mm. He's our next captain. So yeah, I agree I'm, with that. I'm glad to see him. He certainly that,
2: isn't Ivanovic. After. after the
3: Basel game, when he scored, I think, it, was it the winner of that free kick?
2: Mm. Uh, Over
3: in St... Jacob Stadium,
4: yeah, was it or an equal? I or was can't yeah, yeah, but I just thought then that he was significant. Anyway. Ste-
3: yeah, but then when Jose came in, he sort of he sort of wilted a bit, didn't he? And he sort of took a step back and regressed in that in that style.
4: Well, it's an interesting point because there was the Manchester derby, and we all love Jose, but. Is it the Jose Mourinho of 2004 to 2007, or is it the Jose Mourinho of 2014, fifteen sorry, fifteen sixteen that
2: we saw? Uh, at, well, he at was Old certainly Trafford. completely outthought and outfought by Guardiola in that. First I, I just part. thought it was interesting. On that note, came just, back in the second half. But in the first half, he was all over. I thought yeah, that, it, he got how it how all seems wrong. To be, he, all.
3: He, he doesn't really allow players to. <laughs> to be their, you know individuals. But then he's... Like Carragher was talking about last night and he allows him to be so individual in that team. And it's like, hmm, that's, that's not Jose. You know? Pogba I, especially. Invisible. Yeah.
2: Almost, I, totally I, invisible. In that team. Unbelievable.
3: Think, how long is he going to allow that to go on for? Is he going to... Because he thinks he's at United, he's got to let that happen? Or is he going to... He's trying to work it out still where he's going to actually tell Pogba... Ninety-seven million or not, what kind of reception this? is
2: he going to get when he comes back to the? Oh, okay, great. Reception. Oh, he, sh- and he should. Yeah,
3: he should. I, 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 I
2: hope so. Yeah, yeah but knowing our fans, you yeah. never know. Well, <laughs> the, the, the amount nah, of I'm
0: abuse that he's been getting on Twitter, I know that's not the yeah. be- all And no, end that's all. Twitter, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, but I, I do. I around. genuinely hope, and I think that he will get a good reception. Don't but but I mean, the thing is that what we want to do this time is just do it before. And yeah, then Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah um, the rest are, you know not during the game. No. Absolutely. I, I think
3: the key thing with Jose as well is that um, he it's, it's not like he left us for United. No. You know, he, he he we we got rid of him. He had no. What's he going to do? Turn down a job at United because he doesn't want to offend us. He you know he, he was left free to go wherever he wanted. If you want to be upset at anyone, I'm not condoning this, but be upset at the board that sacked him then, because if you still want him at the club, you can't tell him you know where he can and can't go. I think at the time, you know, Clayton probably discusses this in his book. I haven't read it yet, but um, I was, you know, upset that he left. But now you see it, and time's gone on, and everything's calmed down. And my brother's texted me the other day; they, they don't like him in New York. And I just said, well, look, he's not a problem anymore. Yeah, I didn't. And, like and I, think dra- I didn't. The-
2: like, I didn't like the drama that was surrounding it. Or I didn't like it first time round when all that drama was surrounding him. And I certainly didn't like it second time round. And I was, you know, for one, absolutely elated that he'd come back. But I thought by the end of it, you know, let's get rid of the drama and get back to. He's what a we different. Were
4: doing. He's a different person. I, I, yeah, I felt. I actually, I, you know, I love Jose, but I felt a little bit sorry for him um, because he made such a big play before. Unusually, I thought before the kick-off in his pre-match preamble where he it seemed like a set up question. Jose, "Why have you made these two changes?" and he said, "Oh, it's because they tuck in their full backs and we've been brought in Mikitarian and Lingard and you know, they're going to do a job on that." And it, neither of them two Lingard was a disaster. Well, Mikitarian yeah. I, I thought as well. Neither of them performed. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the this is Jose's famous for getting in players heads and yeah getting them to put in a team performance mm. and not to sort of play their own game. But they all looked confused, and we, which was something we saw in
2: last yeah. season. And we're talking about managers. Are we we're happy with Conte so far? I love the guy. I think oh. he's great. I'll tell you, um, from a professional point of view as well, speaking to
4: him... He's uh, a bit he slow just, out, isn't he?
3: No, but he just... he he, gives he gives press you, conferences. He, he, he gives it it you the eyes, and, but he does it in a nice way where... Yeah, you know, I I try to ask football questions rather than yeah. all this nonsense of oh cost of this and you know et cetera, et cetera. And he seems to appreciate it. I think he's almost like oh a football question, right? Yeah. Okay, and he and he's considered and keep doing that. Yeah, and and he looks at you and he's you know and it gives you a proper answer. It's
2: very charismatic, isn't
3: he? Yeah, yeah, but and he's a complete and utter contrast from what he is on the sideline. I, I was really, I was really not so much scared, but. I don't want to make eye contact with him at first. I thought, God, this guy—you know—he's <laughs> absolutely insane. <laughs> but then you see him, and he's just calm with everyone, and he's—you know—he he thinks before he answers yeah, as well, doesn't yeah, he? I like that. that he gives these thoughts, and, yeah. and you can tell he doesn't like having to answer these questions about Costa and the constant—you know—that he comes with the British press. But when people—and I'm not saying it's because it's me—but when people ask him questions about football, and he gives a football answer. He's really receptive to it, yes, and I've, I've, I've been getting a lot out of him. For That's what, good. you know, Because when I'm in the press conference, I ask questions for me Yeah, for what I'm going to write about, and he's really good, and he gives me what, gives me what I want, so I like him.
4: <laughs> On that, I was really impressed with Francisco uh, Guidolin, because the press, he came out first. Conte, his only fault is he comes out really late for the media conferences. But Guidolin was in there, and the media were relentless about Conte, Conte. You know, do you think he should have been sent off? Do you think that was a dive? Uh, do you think that uh, he should get that out of his game? Do you think that's what the? And Guidolin just said, "All I think about him. This is how he answered them. All I think about Costa is that he is a champion. There's no one better in the in the world at at the moment doing what he does. He just played a straight back to it, yeah. which. You know, there's a few managers that have done that recently about Costa. I think the Bristol Rovers bloke did it as well. Yeah, he they're was really to, good. Yeah, they're Village trying to win. after the yes. West yeah. Ham game right. was really, really good. Exactly. Village, yeah. So he they're said, no, not playing the you know, media yeah. game. So why yeah. are the media so it upset, with all papers. this stuff?
2: It I don't creates vi- on- It creates virality in the... Yes, it, I know, know why. It was sells ads, ridiculous. click ads, clickbait, all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Let's just quickly run through uh, the youth, the under-18s, lost 5-4 to Norwich in the league on Saturday. Play Arsenal at home, is coming Saturday. Uh, the development squad, what we used to call the under-21s, had a good win as they beat Tottenham 3-1 in the Premier League 2 on Friday evening. Uh, goals from De Silva, Christy Davis and Tamore. Uh, the next game's tonight, away at Swindon Town in the EFL... Check a trade trophy. <laughs> uh, and the ladies uh, scored three second half goals on Sunday to an impressive 3 0 league win. Uh, it's not going to be enough, sadly, uh, is it? Yeah, uh, after being set on the way by a skipper, Casey Chapman. Big game at home, name, isn't it?
4: It's Man City there. That's right, they got Next Man game. City
2: uh, on Sunday, the 25th of September. They've kept three clean sheets in the last four games, so, you know, looking, looking okay. Um, and the loanies, let's quickly run through the loanies because uh, there's 38. Do of them you have out time? yeah we're just going to very quickly do the, do the top ones I'm going to do this really quickly uh, in the Premier League Patrick Bamford came on for the final 10 minutes to make his Burnley debut in a 1-1 draw at Hull City Izzy Brown uh, in the Championship came face to face with Tammy Abraham as Rotherham hosted Bristol City Brown gave Rotherham the lead after 6 minutes and Abraham pulled a goal back for the visitors uh, game eventually finished 2-2 Thomas Callas played for Fulham in their 1-0 defeat at home to Birmingham Casey Palmer was a late substitute for Huddersfield who won 1-0 at Leeds and remained top of the table Charlie Colkitt came on for the last 10 minutes of Bristol Rovers 2-2 draw with Rochdale League Two. Alex Kawamia opened. In the scoring for Crew in their 2-0 win against Exeter. Jordan Houghton played the full 90 minutes as Doncaster 1-5-1 at Morecambe. Jamal Blackman was in the Wickham goal for their 4-2 defeat at Portsmouth and two of our other goalkeepers were also in action. Mitchell Beanie made his league debut for Crawley uh, and Nathan Baxter was in the Met Police side defeated by Hendon. Go figure. Uh, in Germany, Baba Rahman was in the Schalke side that lost 2-0 at home to Bayern Munich but got actually very good reviews for that game. And uh, Andreas Christensen played at the back for Borussia Mönchengladbach in a 3-0 defeat at Freiburg. Uh, Bernard Traori injured. Uh, in uh, the game against Vitesse Arnhem for Ajax, uh, as, they, as Ajax beat Vitesse Arnhem 1-0 in Holland. Lewis Baker was also in the Vitesse team, as was Nathan, who was subbed in the second half. Uh, Matt Meyers amongst the unused subs for Vitesse. Uh, Charlie Massonda was a second-half substitute for Raul Betis in Spain, as they won against Valencia, with Jeremy Boga playing 90 minutes for Granada in a 2-1 de- home defeat to Eibar. Uh, in Turkey, Kenneth Omuraya played for Alan Azpor in a goalless draw against Gençler Beligi. I think I've got that right. And it's finally, lovely. finally, easy for you to say, and finally in Belgium, uh, Islam Farouz made his debut for Muscron in a 5-1 loss to Zulte Waregem. Phew. Sorry, I missed that. Can you read it yeah. again? Uh, next match is Liverpool. Prediction.
3: Yeah, I don't like Liverpool. 3-0 well, None Chelsea. of us like Liverpool. 3-0. You've wrote me into a Liverpool podcast. I have. You've got to do a Liverpool podcast <laughs> right after this.
2: Cheers. You have to do that. Yeah, I'm not doing
3: it. Yeah, 3-0 Chelsea and Klopp to be dropping his glasses for other reasons. Excellent.
2: Clayton, Liverpool? 2-1. 2-1 to us, obviously. To us, yes.
4: yes. I like Klopp, but his team's running out of steam on the hour, so we're the late goal specialist, I think. 4-2 to Chelsea.
2: I'm going 3-1. 3-1 to us. I think we'll score goals in that game because they play a very, very high line, uh, but we've got to be very careful uh, as well. Um, and I think Louise will have an, an absolute stormer of a game. Before we go, I
3: was going to this question for Clayton. So your book's called Palpable Discord, based on what happened last year? If you're writing a book after the first four games, now, what would you call it? Good question. That's a good
2: question.
0: That's a very good question. Can it's I, not a football can question, I po- though, can Gary. I post, post the answer to you. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Have a think about it. Put it on Twitter later. I will do. Put I it on Twitter do. later. Yeah. What's your Twitter handle? At Clayton oh, At uh, Goalie no. 59 uh, Goalie Five nine. Can, can can on, be... Gary, has a, must have an answer
4: to his own but, question. But can, can, Gary, this be the, can, can,
3: can this be the competition? In order oh, yeah. to no, win that, a copy the... of my book and Clayton's, oh, whoever idea. suggests the best, best title. title for a book after the first four get well, the first five games of this season.
2: Wins the book. Okay, post your answers on at Chelsea Podcast, which is our Twitter handle uh, at Chelsea Podcast. Uh, put your suggestions on there. We will pick the best one, uh, and we will send you a copy of both books signed by the authors. Finally, Leicester v Chelsea in the EFL Cup away on Tuesday, seven forty-five kickoff. League Cup, basically predictions. <sighs> 2-0 to Chelsea. OK, you don't sound convinced, Clayton. <laughs>
0: I was going to go 2-0 for Chelsea, but I'll go 2-1 again. I, I think we'll win there, because I think they'll... They've got, have they got Champions League this week or the yeah,
4: week after? Yeah, this week. This week, yeah, yeah Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, and no, they Wednesday might not play a, a full... Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's our year in the ESL Cup. 2-1 in that. Can I... My entry for that is, I'm not worried. Well, I'm not, worried. I'm that's not what, worried. That's what Conte said about John Sarri on no. the weekend.
2: <laughs> there you go. I'm going for quite, I'm going for quite a dull 1 0 win uh, up at the uh, King Power Stadium. Listen, guys, it's been really good. Really great to be back. Um, and hopefully, every week from here on in, uh, we shall have some combination of the people around this table uh, talking to you about all things Chelsea. Thanks very much to Gary Hayes, Clayton Beerman, Rick Glanville. I'm and Andy Hill. Saunders. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next week.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network
1: Step into the world of power